I'm Sophie. Hi, I'm Paul. And we are SP Film Viewers. Hello, everyone. I know this sounds strange hearing my voice first. Maybe we should do it more often. However, we have actually come to a film that we've tried to persuade Paul to see for a long, long, long time. And a little bit of girl power, I think we've brought Paul down. And Begrudgingly, <laughs> yeah, I suppose, in a way. Uh, the film in question is Top Gun. And I know I'm still, or something, to the danger zone. Is that... Your highway to the there we go. That's the I'd say with, without seeing the film, that's I can't, I've got to admit that is a good song. It is. So already I know that that's on there. So I don't know why I know it. I just do. It's just one of those pop culture things that's there. Right. We will also say that Paul has a bit of an issue with Tom Cruise, and that's why we've had to break him down and we've had to bring somebody else along on this adventure with me i couldn't do it on my own so we're kind of i feel like we're going to end up probably ganging up on paul a little bit <laughs> maybe yeah so the person who will be joining us when we obviously come back after watching the film is a work colleague of mine she's involved with food fight studios who i work for Woo woo! the best food fight studios um animation and illustration <laughs> company out there let's just say that obviously you know <laughs> Not the fact that I get paid to say that, really. That should be you, you saying it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she's a big fan of this film. So, obviously, she'll have her, maybe her biased insight into what, what she really likes about it and everything. And... and you will have your biased insight of the fact that you hate Tom Cruise yeah, and you've yeah. got an issue with him. Mm. And that's... You need to... I'm going open-minded, of course. Of course, I've got to. Got I to know I'm hypocritical it. because, like, if it was an Adam Sandler film, yeah. it's the same thing. thing. But I'm sure they're going to come around for me at some point. Ones that not stupid, but more serious. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so Paul's putting his big boy shoes on. He's going to watch Top Gun, and he's going to love it. Well, that <laughs> remains to be seen. Even though I haven't seen it either, so I can't really yeah, complain. Yeah. But I have been saying I want to see Top Gun, and Paul has been the one putting the brakes on it. It's even in the Criterion movies. No, no it isn't. No, what's it? It's, it's 4K. Oh, 4K, there we go. Yeah, yeah, but anything can these days can be put in 4K, to be honest. No, but when we saw it in four, when we saw it as 4K, not anything was just 4K, so there must be a reason mm. that it thought it was worthy enough to be in 4k at that time maybe maybe but so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> do you want to tell me what top gun's about all i yeah. know is it's tom cruise on a motorbike and it's to do with uh, <laughs> planes yeah. yeah um there's a sad bit at the end um i think and there's there's also the other featured song is take my breath away i didn't know that is on the, as part of it as well so that's one of the like, iconic 
not for some reason, but I thought I would have thought Danger Zone was more like, yeah, badass America type yeah. of thing. <laughs> but anyway, the the little synopsis that Google says. After losing his friend, top pilot Maverick is given a second chance to redeem himself. He struggles to be at his best and also gets romantically involved with his civilian instructor, Charlie. Yay, it's a romance! We haven't had one of those in a while. And we did, from Breakfast at Tiffany's and High Fidelity, <laughs> technically. This is this is an action, yeah, but... action adventure. You've just made me watch four yeah. Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, I suppose. So... I class that as a while yeah. now, since we've had yeah. to have a bit of a break, haven't we, as well? That's true, yeah. But interesting that I'm looking on this on the Google webpage, and it says it's not rated very highly on the scoring for on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. What are you like? TV, which is kind of like, hmm, okay. Maybe, is it just a cult thing, then? It's not like a, this is the, I mean... Paul's like, oh, I've got a leg to stand on here, <laughs> and they're not perhaps. rating it that high. <laughs> I'm not expecting a masterpiece from something like it's not really deep and thing. It's gonna just be like an action. No, you've got to take it for what it is. I think film, like things like Con Air and stuff like people love that film or whatever, and it's and it's just hokey action kind of stuff. But it's just don't know what it is. It's good, is it? Yeah, I haven't seen it. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right, we will be back in due course, and we'll find out how good it is. Gentlemen, you are the top 1% of all naval aviators. The elite. Best of the best. We'll make it better. Fly at least two combat missions a day, ten classes in between, and evaluations of your performance. Now, in each combat sequence, you're going to meet a different challenge. Every encounter is going to be much more difficult. We're going to teach you to fly the F-14 right to the edge of the envelope, faster than you've ever flown before. More dangerous. And we're back. In the danger zone. And we are not alone. As we have a Top Gun fanatic joining us, I'd like to welcome Sharon from Food Fight Studios, one of my colleagues. Hello. Hi, Paul. Hi, Sophie. Hello. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you on this because I feel like we're going to have to bring Paul kicking and screaming into loving this film because you have a bit of a hatred towards Tom Cruise. I don't know if you know this, Sharon. <laughs> what is the hatred, Paul? Where does it stem from? <laughs> I, I don't really know. It's just one of those things that he's his just whole demeanor is just really irritating to me. And there's just something about him that I don't particularly like. I can't really pin down. He doesn't like hurt me in any way, <laughs> shape or form as such. But um, it, it, I don't know. So I have a bit of a stigma when it comes to watching like any of his, his films and a bit like, mm, I can tolerate him to a degree, but it's, it's just, I just don't have a particular uh, liking to him for whatever reason. I'm not sure. 
So there, there are no Tom Cruise movies, even though like the stigma of Tom Cruise as a person and mm. then his character in a movie, there are no Tom Cruise movies that you like. You're like I don't adamant think, about this. I, no, I, I mean, I can, off the top of my head, things that I can really think I've seen him in are Vanilla Sky, which I don't remember much about, to be honest. And this last film Stanley Kubrick ever made, which was Eyes Wide Shut. And that was with Nicole Kidman. I think he was married to her at that point, I believe. But again, don't really remember much about that, to be honest. Really, it was a bit long and, and boring, and he was in it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, I have to say, Sophie and Paul, just to you know relieve you of your your hatred towards Tom Cruise, I I'm not a Top Gun fanatic because of Tom Cruise, and I actually get really defensive when when people want to make it about that, you know, and so. Mm. I hope that we can make this review more about the the film than than Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I am also like, it's not about Tom Cruise. Like, it's not that I have a crush on Tom Cruise. I, <laughs> you know, at the time when it came out in the '80s, I was you know a child, and it was a very novel like concept of this like action thriller adventure movie and so it wasn't it wasn't a, a romantic interest you know in top and in, in tom cruise as the star of top gun it was more like you know that that adrenaline you know and, sure. and things like that so now as an adult and and all the movies he's done which seems to be all like clones of top gun in some capacity you know like it just keeps getting more and more extreme <laughs> um, which i can't imagine what's going to happen in the sequel you know 30 years later it's just yeah, going to be yeah. extreme overload it's not about tom cruise you know it's it's more about the 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 movie in its period of time for what it represents and and how it's you know somewhat I, iconic still 30 years later so yeah, let's let's get you kicking and screaming to love this movie because I I would like that. <laughs> so tell me what you don't like about it. Yeah. Well, well, we know we know one thing, but to to be fair, Sharon, I think that is probably the the main gripe I might have with the film really because I like looking at some of the cinematography and the camera angles that they've got when they're on the in the 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 jets and everything flying in the, flying through the air. Those are pretty impressive, I've got to say. Mm -hmm. Like. You kind of you don't maybe not feel a need for speed, but <laughs> to a famous line from the film. But it it does feel like quite exciting to be like looking at how like thinking like especially like how did they manage to get those shots, those aerial shots, and the speeds obviously they must be going at to be even having somebody maybe 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 manning the camera doing that, or is that's just letting the camera do its work kind of thing and just hoping for the best? I don't know. God knows how many takes you might have had to do if that was the mm -hmm. case type of thing. So it's quite impressive in, in, in that regard. And like some of the backdrops as well, obviously you've got like sunsets as well as some of the planes are flying along as well. That's quite like where that's quite, quite amazing really in how that comes across. So I'll, I'll give the film that in terms of cinematography. What about you, Soph? You got anything? I definitely think the storyline for me, I always go for a story. And I think this kind of works quite well. Obviously, Tom Cruise, he Maverick is your main lead. But then there is some really good side characters, like Goose is one of those lovable characters. If anything, I prefer Goose over mm, Maverick, well, yeah, actually, yeah. to be fair. He's just like a family man. So, yeah. yeah. And there's obviously moments where it tugs at your heartstrings as well, or not in your case. 
but it did for me. And I felt certain points and moments within the film. It wasn't overly predictable either. Hmm. So that works well for me where I kind of know the ending. Obviously, we, we get a romance, which clearly you're hoping for. But overall, the action, the speed of it, mm-hmm. I think was quite enjoyable. Also, I don't know anything about air pilots or anything well, like that, or no. fighter jets no. or anything like that. So I was like interested when we had the pilot at the front and the person sat in the back, like the watcher. I was like, what, yeah. what are they doing? I, I thought, to be honest, I thought they were all in like their own separate planes, mm. like in maybe Star Wars or something, where it's <laughs> kind of like... You know, they're all on and on what's it cons uh, like communications and like they're all just in their own little planes flying along or something. I didn't know. I realized that there's actually one person in the front and two in the back. So like looking at the, the way the cameras was going, I think it, okay, where well, there's only like three planes in the sky. Why why is there these other people coming coming to talk? So uh, that was quite interesting to know that was actually a thing I didn't I didn't know. So I learned something there. Yeah, I mean, I I think the fighter jets might have been you know one seaters, two seaters, and things like that. And then you, you talk about the the cinematography of it, and and again like being produced in the eighties where um, CGI was not very relevant or or widely used and then you have to have the i believe you know in my limited research on this topic it was actual naval aviators in in the u.s um force air force that allowed this to happen and so they set up all the cameras with the film crew and everything and so the actual fighter pilots were not the actors it was the it was real people and in the in the airplanes with all the cameras and everything and so none of that was was cgi and this was before you know the high intensity cameras like gopros and things like that so how to how to have those camera angles and at at those speeds with those shots was completely impressive for cinematography for sure and again as an early adopter of the film as a child, I didn't see it for that. But now as in, in my, in our industry and everything, I, I am saying like how impressive to convey that like emotion and that, that adrenaline and that, that feeling of what that role in this industry yeah, sure. goes through. And again, you know, storyline. So if I, I, I will say, I was sort of oblivious to it as a, a child of the eighties and now having my husband is from Poland. So he grew up in cold war Poland and, and, and I knew of the cold war. I was trained for air raids and, and nuclear attacks in grade school where it was a potential. And so the storyline of like what was happening in the eighties of like this, you know, juxtaposition of, of what other, nations were were presenting to america and and that that risk and what soldiers and pilots were training for and and having these random scenarios of possible you know threats of of these mig air carriers in 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 lands that needed to be protected then what what did that mean at the time and what did civilians not even know could have been happening that needed to be protected and it was day in the life of a naval aviator and and we just were normal civilians appreciating it so in terms of what when they obviously they're doing all this the, the training at the beginning because mm. i was i was under the assumption i, I guess a lot of assumptions considering you know like it's been so long since i should have seen this film um the fact that like i i thought the story was kind of like 
from the beginning that Tom Cruise's uh, Maverick loses a friend like in a situation and it's kind of shaking him up or something perhaps at the beginning and then he's and he's trying to like come round to be like be a good fighter pilot again and that that they were kind of like not just training but also going up against like enemies in between but that's more like at the very end of the film isn't it so it's kind of like uh, right this isn't a game anymore this is actually like a real situation you've kind of graduated from top gun which again i didn't even know that was i i guess i just assumed that they were already a part of this elite group or whatever <laughs> so i had a lot of um misconceptions about what the, the film was going which is kind of like oh okay i just i thought i, I know exactly what's going to happen here like with, with, with certain <laughs> scenes and stuff um so i guess that kind of took me by surprise in a, in a good way um not too predictable i suppose so that's good because really for you i think you were already thinking you knew the film so you was writing it in your head thinking mm. you weren't going to like it so this has taken a lot of persuasion and yeah. i think probably Baby-faced young Tom Cruise was one of the downfalls, I think, of why you wouldn't watch it initially. Yeah, and I'm so glad we've come over that because yeah, yeah, it's no. one of those things where actually, if we look at the film itself, when it first starts, you get the song which I knew and I hadn't even seen the film Danger Zone. I knew that was linked to Top Gun. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those iconic pop culture things that you just know that song is Top Gun, mm-hmm. and then. It's the music starts, you see them working on the the, the plane or the fighter jets, mm-hmm. and you just get that kind of adrenaline within the first get-go. Because it was quite funny for me that it literally opened with that, because I didn't know if it was going to be an ender, but it's one of those songs that yeah, just get dripped-fed. Yeah, they play it a couple of times, don't they? Like, um, what's it, the Take My Breath Away song as well, that kind of gets <laughs> almost like a... A musical moment between um, Maverick and uh, is it Charlotte Blackwood's character? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They kind of like every time they kind of like a, having a moment. That's always kind of creeps in to <laughs> signify that they're kind of like having like a, a, a touching moment, or they're going <laughs> to you know get it on or whatever in that weird uh, scene. I'd say <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit. I didn't really need to see the <laughs> tongues still going on. <laughs> oh, Paul. but the the whole the whole i think story and it's and it's more to the point of you know when you dissect it from a from a storyline standpoint it's it's representation of growing through a challenge and and even the name maverick being unorthodox and independent and things like that and and giving you know Pete Mitchell by by civilian name a call sign of of Maverick and that he you know beats to his own drum and that he has to you know his goals were to be in this elite school and he is the offspring of you know a a famous like unorthodox fighter pilot too you know who was lost in battle and and that angst that he has to go through and that ghost that he's fighting with in the air as his dad and and the relationship that his like late dad has with his the instructor, the commander of, of Top Gun School, like all of this is coming to like to this this head of this individual is going through life with this with these blinders on of like he has no rules, he does whatever the f he wants, and he's going to conquer what he wants to conquer. But in the meantime, he has to learn how to work within the system, and he has to learn 
more about himself. He has to learn what it means to have that empathy for, you know, other people around him, including his best friend that, you know, spoiler alert, he lost because of his ego, you know, and, and that's something that somebody has to really realize like early on in life, like who do you want to be and how do you want to, how do you want to adapt to that? Like you can be the like no rules maverick, you know, but it's going to come with a lot of, a lot of hardship or you can be the like, complacent go along with the flow and that will also have its own hardship because you'll just wind up being like bulldozed by the mavericks so like where where do you fit in your in your life story and and how do you want to go through it and so and I, I will say like I know some of the the backstory of like Tony Scott the director wanted to write this like a like a rock concert and so even that that opening of the Top Gun anthem that transitions to um, Kenny Loggins, who wrote Danger Zone specifically for, you know, Tony Scott for the Top Gun movie. Berlin was originally an alt-rock punk band, never did anything valid, but had to force them themselves into writing this power ballad that has now become like the the only song that gets requested of their band now to <laughs> date. And they they hate that they have to keep playing that because that, that wasn't what they really represented, but they did it for the the storyline of the of the movie, which was based on the direction of this, you know, director, Tony Scott, late Tony Scott. Yeah. He actually, so um, Top Gun is based in Miramar, which is Southern California, right outside of San Diego. And I've, I've been to San Diego a few times and um, the scene where um, they, they play the piano in the bar is called Kansas City um, Barbecue in San Diego. And so Tony Scott was, would go there a lot for um, drinks and everything. And he decided he wanted to have a whole, a whole scene there. So I've been to that bar and I've been at the piano and everything. And um, it's, it's a very like, it's it I'm glad Sophie you mentioned you know this sort of opening scene and the recognizability of of danger zone and and setting that establishing shot of like but also establishing audio of of what this movie is going to represent is going to be power you know and power and adrenaline and power struggles you know power struggles with the main character and and his and his late late father and his instructor and you know the fact that he like illegally flies by a, a, a tower and it, and it pisses off the like, <laughs> I don't know, air traffic control by because he spills his cop. Like it's all this like comic relief of like power struggles, which isn't, which is a natural course of life, right? Like we have to go through this, like, who am I, who do I represent? And you know, what, what is my mission? There's two things to take from that is um, the fact that it's, there's a, what you were saying about before, like power struggle, I feel like there's there is quite a lot of obviously masculinity going through this in various scenes. You know, like when they're playing the volleyball, <laughs> and obviously it's like the very competitive nature of all that and everything. And then there's the and from that there's also the the when especially like when in the locker rooms and like getting uh, getting told off by the the superiors and everything. It almost feels like a high school drama type of thing. You know, like we say about um wanting to. Uh, to like you know find yourself you know like you when you're in your high school you kind of like you don't know who you are and who you're going to be mm. sort of thing so there's kind of like that level of um connectivity between that I think definitely and I think it's an ego thing so I quite like Maverick's character because he does a, a little bit of a full circle with his development so he starts off being one of those characters that 
it could grate on your nerves because he's he's quite selfish and involved in what he wants and how it goes and I think it takes a massive shock of Goose which that is when I did tear up I actually felt for Maverick and the fact that I didn't want Goose to die at all especially since he's got a family he's got kids and we see his wife Meg Ryan as well and you see that little relationship and Maverick that's is his family so you kind of feel bad for Goose and his family but also for Maverick because that's the only person he really relied on and I think Mm -hmm. it took that for him to realize he needed to grow up he needed to accept responsibility and kind of realize that sometimes his actions can cause bad outcomes it's not just like being cocky and getting away with things yeah he is uh, he has the smugness at the beginning of the film especially (laughs) when he thinks he can just walk into um, the girl's bathroom to chat up charlotte at the beginning thinking if that was today's (laughs) in today's world you'd be out on your ass <laughs> the club. I mean, that's all like full full circle also the point of you know in this day and age I, I have so many thoughts running through my head you know Sophie you bring up the masculinity of it and 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 Paul you said like even scenes of locker rooms and sports and and just the dialogue or or the the, the masculinity of assertiveness in a women's bathroom, you know, the inappropriateness of it and things like that. And even in a more grand scale of media and entertainment has been very masculine, you know, and I, I almost, I struggle with this, with this concept as a female in media and entertainment too, because I recognize that like, I have been heavily, you know, impressed upon by the masculinity of the industry. And, and I know that that is, you know, something that I am, I'm trying to change, you know, in my microcosm of what I can. And I recognize it in Hollywood too, but for the time and the error and everything, what was, you know, socially acceptable for masculinity. Yes. That's, that was heavily represented and, and recognizing that like, even in the inverse, if, if this was heavily feminine or heavily, you know, gender neutral even but just the assertiveness of what the movie represents it's it's a very um novel storyline of almost aggression you know that need needs to maybe it's in all of us that we have to say like sure we want to be the no f's given and and go through life like with lawlessness and no boundaries and we don't want to be told what to do and we don't want to see what the rules are because you know rules are for people who don't know how to break them was maybe a mantra of mine at some point but like (laughs) who does it affect you know in the meantime what what is the damage in your wake and what could it ultimately cause and and even have Meg Ryan recognize at at one point in the uh, you know when she's mourning the loss of her of her husband, you know, and the father of her child, she still recognizes that everything that her husband loved was being with this renegade, you know, and that's what made Goose happy was to be with, with Maverick at at any cost, you know? And so look at it for, is there, is there this sort of like drive in all of us and and how do we how do we harness it and and meter it and and put it towards good instead of having the damage that could could ensue you know 
definitely i i agree completely and i think it's it works quite well with the masculinity because we also get a really strong female role within charlotte even though it opens where he's trying to smooth her mm-hmm. within the bar and he doesn't realize who she is which i think is quite funny because he kind of goes a little bit embarrassed and a bit vulnerable when she walks in all dressed up higher authority ranking and you can see his face like oh gosh he puts his sunglasses on Mm -hmm. like he's embarrassed and he knows he's kind of overpassed that level and I love the fact that a woman is in the authority of going walking into that room being amazing and then kind of looking at him like yeah I was that person you tried to pick up last night (laughs) so you thought they were acceptable but now you're looking at me like you've overpassed the mark (laughs) and that bit also is a bit like a classroom as well wouldn't you like come to the teaching them about the stuff and then obviously he's making jokes and stuff (laughs) so it's kind of like you know like a a naughty school kid would do as well so I kind of find that a bit amusing as well but you're right about her being sort of like a a a good strong female-led character really although there's she just kind of like sort of quickly go drop into the oh well the the charm is working on me a little bit really so then like, mm. this mm-hmm. kind of so I would have kind of preferred it if maybe I'm guessing obviously because of the time and maybe oh they need some sort of romance element to it and to show that but I think I would have preferred if I was to edit something about it would be um to maybe have it just up until the, like the, almost the very end, you know, like just when at the end of the bar, kind of like that being the moment where they're kind of like, oh, now we're together kind of thing. Like, right, you have grown, you have matured, not just be falling into his arms because he's a, a, a nice guy that I'm seem somehow interested in, which <laughs> if, if I was to change something else, I think I would probably change. I don't know who I'd have. Obviously, I don't know who was else who was a big star at the time and was young enough to play Maverick, but. I think if I think I probably would like film a little bit more if it wasn't Tom Cruise in the title because looking at everything else is is pretty enjoyable overall in terms of like I can see what for the time obviously it's is an eighties movie mm-hmm. that's that's there's no doubt about it it's, it's of, of its time and everything but it it really does kind of like make you feel engaged really um, with. All the action set pieces have got going for it um, seems to be paced fairly well because obviously you have your like you think you have your, your, your flights flight going on and then you have your quiet moments when they're back on the ground to reflect on what they've kind of just done in terms mm-hmm. of like oh wh- why did you do that or what what were you thinking when this happened or yeah we won the the we passed the test or whatever you know those kind of things so um, with that but I think the the romance bit is bit for me but i know it's it is and again i go back to like i don't know what my parents were thinking allowing me to be a grade school kid watching you know for my own kids i'm definitely like you know for the content that i know is out there in today's day and age i i have benchmarks of you will not you will not consume this type of content at this age for sure you know i i don't know what my parents were thinking <laughs> between yeah, between the like action and dialogue you know the very adult dialogue mm-hmm. um even without expletives you know and then the the romance it was it's it's unnecessary and i'm i'm glad you bring up that point cuz even 
there's a line where Kelly McGillis has, Charlotte um, uh, Blackwell has this line of, I see, you know, 20 new hotshots every eight weeks. What makes you think that you're any different? And, it, and it's, again, going back to the circumstance of, and Sophie, I love your point about this, that you have a, a strong female character. And so why weaken her by, by putting her in this romantic situation? And, you know, like she has, she has to deal with, and, and I think this is the epitome of, of what power females are going through. Anyhow, like we're always constantly seeing, you know, the, you know, the Mavericks, you know, everywhere in every day and age, whether it be at a, at a stoplight, you know, somebody who's angry with, you know, somebody's driving or road rage or whatever it is to the, to the supermarket, to the presidents, you know, and prime prime ministers sometimes, you know, like these like hot shot, hot head Mavericks that, that power females are constantly trying to, you know, interact with and, and meet her. And so, yeah, I, I think the, the romance part of it was unnecessary, but I guess for, for an eighties movie, you know, it, it needed it maybe, I don't know. I, I, we could ask Tony in the afterlife someday. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she, she was, she could have had, and she could have had a whole different um, storyline. It just might've not been appropriate for the time, but I'd love to, rewrite it if it was for today and i know with the sequel i'm sure there's a a female character but it's probably going to be yet another like romantic interest because that's that's how it's going to be in a tom cruise movie would it be matthew matthew broadwick would have would have been a better maverick oh god no 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 (laughs) no 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 he's even worse i think obviously on the top the talk briefly on the the upcoming film what do you think that obviously said before about there wasn't much use of uh, cgi in tony scott's film this was obviously in the 80s do you think that there's going to be like quite a reliance on that considering how most modern films kind of like oh this is just to cut corners a little bit and just use effects to make it look like you know someone might be flying the plane or explosion like mm. something like that kind of thing is that does that is that something that maybe worries you if you're going to go see it I mean it doesn't worry me I think it's going to happen I think it's inevitable I mean it's it's just even with the trailer I've already know it 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 exists um and it's some of the things are just not possible (laughs) (laughs) and um I do think though that maybe just with every action franchise like fast and furious james bonds you know they they have these the ability to keep building because with the success of one production allows for bigger production budgets and so you're you can you can go and have more extreme shots you know real shots but you can also have more extreme effects too you know so it just gets more and more extreme and i can only imagine you know, different than like Fast and Furious franchise just stands out in my mind because every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is getting ridiculous, but I'll, I'll watch the next one, you know? <laughs> like, so I can only imagine like when you have 30 years to, you know, produce a sequel and and it has such a like cultural phenomenon following from, from the first one in 1986, like I can only imagine how extreme it's going to be. True, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be like the, 
we recently reviewed Indiana Jones, and that was obviously set in most of that was set in the eighties, and then there was the later one they did Crystal Skull, and it's like, <laughs> is that too long of a gap between the films to have like think you know Harrison Ford's getting old now, Tom Cruise is what is in his sixties now. I think fifties or late fifties. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if he's if he's you know like he's going to be more subdued now, or is he still going to be doing his own stunts in a sense? Obviously, he's kind of in the oh, plane. Definitely. He's not going to be. I don't <laughs> think he's going to be like Mission Impossible, where he's kind of hanging off the edge of the plane as it's flying <laughs> along or something, because that that would be ridiculous. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't know as to what to ex- expect. I am maybe kind of intrigued if it was obviously not not going maybe not seeing the cinema obviously that's are not you not really going to pay the, the for it is that way. what you're saying but <laughs> if it would come out on like you know digital release on on netflix something in the future then i'd probably oh, okay let's see what this is it was like a bit like with uh you know with with this kind of like you know we, we sadly we watched we had good intentions to watch it on what a, a, a service we've got called now tv i don't know if you've ever heard of that was through like sky cinema and stuff like that but on lo and behold on that day we wanted to watch it before you know so was getting ready to go um on a little trip away she the internet was playing up as oh this is great but i had the hindsight um <laughs> to, to to do this on the, the the morning of this occurring was when i went into um my local like supermarket and picked up like a a cheap copy of the the DVD version of the film. So I'm thinking, just in case something happens, because we've had a bit of a spotty internet connection these past few weeks, I'll get it in just in case. And lo and behold, it kind of like happens. So I was like, okay, well, at least we've got a hard physical media, and that's why you can always rely on that. It's did it, it doesn't let you down. Did it pain you to buy, to pay for it? <laughs> it, was it was only like... it's only a couple of a couple of quid, so it's it wasn't too bad. It was like oh, like fifteen, twenty <laughs> or something like that. So it's it's okay. Paul, save that save that DVD forever. I'm I'm glad you did it. <laughs> yeah, even yeah. even if you yeah, resent yeah. having it, one day when we meet, I'll sign it for you, saying I'm so glad you bought this. Uh, it's really important uh, for okay. me. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'll glad keep, you did I'll it. I'll keep the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, it's definitely something I think I might go back to and 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 check out again. I don't think it's something I'd be like, right, that I'm never going to watch this ever again type of thing. So there's that's that's a good sign, that's approval of that. Not nothing I'd be like, oh, I must watch this immediately type of thing. But obviously, it's something to come back to. I think. Yeah, definitely, and I think it's got value for it. Just going back to the new film that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Is Tom Cruise directing that? Why did I think that? Or has he got any involvement within how it's going? The, who, I don't know who the director is, actually. Because all I'm thinking is Mission Impossible, straight away in my head, that it's going to go down that route of being, obviously, flashier, bigger. And I think Tom Cruise will play a biggish part. Uh-huh. Obviously, it's coming in with Goose's son, isn't it? I'm thinking that's the interaction Yeah, the tie-in back to it. But I do think he's going to have a main part. I do know, however, Charlotte isn't in the film. So she's not a character. So they're not doing like what Indiana Jones did, where they brought in... Marion from the first one, yeah. Yeah. And I think she declined, sadly, did Charlotte. She didn't think she was suitable for the role anymore because she'd aged. <laughs> it's like, that's not a thing, but that just shows what Hollywood is, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
Some people age better than others, I suppose. She's also um, a, she's out, she's a lesbian. So she's, uh, maybe she doesn't want to have like this sort of conflicting, you know, romantic interest on camera that is not a true representation of her. She lives in Key West. I've I've seen her, you know, like from afar, because I I have been in the same, in Key West at the same time. And she, she was there and so <laughs> I was being a little bit of a fangirl. Didn't you go and approach so. her and go, can I have your autograph? No, no, <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do that. Um, Joseph Kaczynski is the director. I'll bet you Tom Cruise in some capacity be like produce, produce, financed yeah, it. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he probably had some say. Um, Lady Gaga is going to be in it for music, I guess. Okay. Jennifer Connelly. John Hamm from um, Mad Men. Yep. Cool. Ed Harris, Val Kilmer, which, oh, Val, I mean, speaking of not aged well. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, he's gone through some, he's he, he's had a rough go of it and, you know, throat cancer yeah. and everything. So just his physique is, is visibly different. So, yeah. 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 Sophie, would you watch it again? I would. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And my mum loved it. So, She's been wanting to Paul to watch Tom Cruise Top Gun forever. So she's a big fan of Top Gun. And she was like, just get past the Tom Cruise part. You'll really enjoy it. It's a good storyline. And she's been beating the drum. And then Sharon, you were like, I want to cover Top Gun. And then we were like, yes. No excuse, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it we was. pinned you down. Yeah. But uh, I've got to say, overall, yeah, it's uh, you get past the Tom Cruise part on my part. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty solid as a film, as a solid action film from the the time it was made for. Yeah, I do think I would love Goose to still be around because I think he him as a character as a whole, he was just a lovable character that was for Maverick. And that I did have a tear jerk moment, and I know obviously it probably for the film would be better. You always say this yeah, to me, yeah. like. It does make it more impactful, because, definitely. Because I kind of saw that coming a little bit. Obviously, oh. I, I knew like something bad was going to happen. It's like, oh, he's he's a family man. He's got a lot more to lose than Tom does. Mm. So I kind of figured he's yeah. There's going to be some dramatic moment, and poor Goose was the one who who got it really. And drama over nothingness. It was just a, a routine drill, and the plane. Yeah. You know, so it makes you really think about like what am I fighting for in a, in a metaphorical sense? Like, and, and, you know, in every situation, is this worth the fight? Sure. Because if it's, if it was just a routine drill and all of that adrenaline went towards ego and things like that, that caused that much like significant damage, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a weird, I mean, for story. Yeah. Paul, you're right. Like something bad was going to happen, and that's that's what makes a good story. Yeah. But yeah. it's it is somewhat life lesson. Like pick your battles is is an idiom, you know. So definitely, and I think it shows towards the end when they kind of sort of graduate from the Top Gun, mm-hmm. and they've become like the elite pilots that they wanted, and then literally they're celebrating, enjoying alcohol and champagne. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, right, you've got a mission now. And it's like, what? Can we not embrace the moment of enjoying our celebration? And it just shows how urgency of, right, we've got to fight now. 
and you can see the reality sink in of right this is for real it's not like a test or a, a game anymore or a bit of fun this is reality somebody could actually get hurt and you see that tone and for Maverick's character there he's really struggling because obviously he doesn't have Goose he's kind of lost Charlotte in a sense as well yeah it's he's kind of like how um was it is it Cougar at the beginning of the film is mm. having a bit of a meltdown kind of thing. It's obviously that coming back into play with the whole, like, oh, he's, he's struggling to get to grips with the whole situation. Is he going to, like, choke on whether he's going to do it or not? And then obviously, yes, he's, he pulls through. That's, you know, that's that's how it's going to end. He's not going to be like, well, he just gives up and that's the film kind of thing. That's not how, what you'd want in the... The audience would be like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what we asked for. Any predictions for... The next one on what the what the major conflict's going to be. I I don't know if if it obviously we've got if we've got Val Kilmer coming back as Ice Man. I don't know if there's and you know at the end of the film he says oh you can be my wingman. Mm. If there's 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 still that dynamic going on like a friendly banter or whether there's they've kind of like gotten distant between one another or they're, they're kind of like oh here's my other instructor who's like work still working at top gun or what i don't know there might be that but there's there's got to be something or maybe it's just the young blood who's having a bit more of a fighting spat or something i don't know perhaps hmm. that's interesting because i think goose's son is obviously going to be a little bit more down to earth i don't think i think he'll know how his father obviously passed away he'll want to be in his father's footsteps but he also, there might be a bit of resentment towards Maverick at such a young age, losing your father. And mm. you could kind of blame Maverick for that. So he's either going to go as a father figure to him yeah. or he, there's the resentment that could lay there as yeah. well of what uh, have they told this child mm. that how his father has not been around. You know, did they actually tell him the story? So I think there's maybe something on the lines of that. Yeah. You think you think Goose's son lives? <laughs> it goes the same way as uh, his father in bashing there down mm. the room. No, no, I don't know. Maybe that'd be too on the nose, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> they won't kill Maverick off, though. I don't think that would be interesting. Now that would be interesting, but that won't no, happen. No, not in like <laughs> oh, yeah, I waited for this day to happen. Kind of way no. just... Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be the like. The finale, the grand finale, like the quid pro quo of like there's a, a Goose's son versus Maverick who lives, and and maybe maybe Tom Cruise has to has to make the the decision. Yeah, perhaps maybe. You know, um, for Food Fight, we do a lot of work just based on Donald Miller's teaching of um, story arc, and so from a problem standpoint every movie has an external internal and philosophical problem for the for the hero and so i i want to imagine like what do we think maverick's external internal and philosophical problem is for this mm. sequel it's interesting if you were to write the story sophie now that you've seen the the first one what would you say i think obviously he's going to be an, an instructor he's going to get a kind of his goals he's going to be at the top of his game and then wanting to pass on his knowledge. Yeah. I think that's probably the outlook. And then 
it depends on if his ego is still there. I think that's where it will lie. If the younger inner maverick comes out or if he actually did learn anything by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, you'd kind of think that it would be like, oh, I was once like you to <clears throat> Goose's son, if that's the case, or whoever, you know, whoever he's teaching, whoever turns out to be a hothead. You'd kind of hope that he'd be like, no, don't make the same mistakes that I did type of... Being like a coach yeah, or yeah. a mentor well, to somebody. I imagine that's probably what how that would go. All right, we will see. All right, so you you won't see it in the theatre. You'll wait until it comes out. Yeah, I think so. What, so, about, okay. what about you, Sharon? Are you going to go make some time? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was asked this morning if I have tickets yet, and I was a little disappointed because I was in my whole getup for today's recording, mm-hmm. and I thought my husband was taking care of this, the tickets, because he said he would. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, ha- I have to go and get tickets. And I was like, ah. what? <laughs> you haven't gotten tickets yet? <laughs> so I, I might have to. I might have to take matters into my own hands. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I might just go without <laughs> you. And then I'll take my mom. Yeah, take yeah. your mom. I think that's what we might do. Yeah. And then we'll let you know how great it was and that you missed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you do get, manage to get tickets, Sharon. I don't know how busy it is with like cinemas at this, with this current climate with getting cinema tickets. I mean, it's, it's Florida. It's lawless. People just go and <laughs> go wherever they want. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. Sneak in. I, I might. I might pirate the movie for you if you, if you want it. You know, that that yeah. could happen. I'll live stream it. I'll live stream it. I do. I can. I can give you a monologue. Not that you have to use it, but I want to see how how fresh it is because you brought up Cougar and um, Cougar cracking at the beginning and and Maverick being all hmm. high and mighty about it. Ready? Yeah. Maverick, you just did an incredibly brave thing. What you should have done was land that plane. You don't own that plane. The taxpayers do. Son, your ego's writing checks. Your body can't cash. You've been busted. You lost your qualifications as section leader two times. Put in hack twice by me. Actually, three times. Put in hack twice by me. Sorry. Redo. (laughs) With a history of high-speed passes over five air-controlled towers and one admiral's daughter. And you, asshole, you're lucky to be here. Thank you, sir. And let's not bullshit, Maverick. Your family name ain't the best in the Navy. You better be doing it better and cleaner than the rest of them. Now, what is it with you? Just want to serve my my country and be the best fighter pilot in the Navy. Sir, don't screw around with me, Maverick. You're a hell of an instinctive pilot. Maybe too good. I'd like to bust your butt, but I can't. I got another problem here. I got to send somebody from this squadron to Miramar. I got to I gotta do something here. I, I, I still can't believe it. I got to send you up against the best. You two characters are going to Top Gun. For five weeks, you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You were number two. Cougar was number one. Cougar lost and turned in his wings. You guys are number one. But you listen to me. You screw up just this much. You'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of a Hong Kong. Scene. <laughs> that was brilliant. That was amazing. Yay. Yay. <laughs> now I, I, was, I was a little dusty. A little um, dusty. Yeah, no, I do remember most of that. I was just thinking about like those little moments obviously when you're in the office and stuff so that's 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 pretty good yeah well done for memorizing all that because that's quite a long scene to, to, to memorize but <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. but it, it is that like it is that that idea and that impression that I had as a young kid of like if I don't if I don't go by the rules then there's going to be somebody who can who's going to tell me 
I screwed up, but they'll still give me the like the pass. Like, okay, go ahead, go learn your lesson and go go on to the next thing. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> right. Well, on that, <laughs> we will go to the scoring. So the way we do this, Sharon, is we do it out of ten. You can do point fives or point whatever, you, however you want to do it. But obviously, one being the lowest and ten being the highest. So we'll start with you. Okay. Well, I will be biased and critical, but also nostalgic, and give it a solid ten. I thought she would. Yeah, I, thought, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Right. I love it when we get a ten from a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, what would you? So I've been toying with two different figures and I always love it when we have a guest that is so passionate about a film that you kind of get insights that you may not have seen because obviously this is the first time we've watched it mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where you're going to miss something because you're just taking it for what it is and then you rewatch it and then you see something else and I think that's what's lovely about watching films. There's never something that you're seeing all straight away at the first time of a glance. So storyline... Obviously, we've got some little bits of, yeah, that wouldn't be acceptable today. But if you take it for it being in the 80s and for what it is, and if I was going to have watched it at that time, Mm -hmm. then it would have been acceptable. Yeah. So I'm not going to... Like that song, the acceptable in the 80s. (laughs) Didn't know that was a song. (laughs) It it is now. (laughs) So I think, to be fair, I can't downgrade it for that. So... It's going to be a solid eight from me. And now Paul <laughs> is going to be the horrible judge. It's like having it on the X Factor of the voice, isn't it? You're the mean one. You're, you're the Simon Cowell. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Simon Scowl. <laughs> Two star. No, I'm joking. Okay. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Overall, I'm going to say I did enjoy it more than I thought I would so I can't fault it for that and the points I brought up about before like certain elements of the, the story were a bit with that but it was <laughs> over the action was what kind of what you're really there for to be honest and you want that from this kind of movie so Tony Scott did a good job with that and if we could anybody else I think instead of Don Cruz I think because some of those moments I mentioned about before like when he's very much interested in um charlotte's character and he, he i don't know if it maybe it's just when he was younger but he always had this like really intense stare going on it's a smugness isn't as it as well i think there's there's that so that kind of but how baby-faced was tom cruise it was really strange mm-hmm. to see a baby-faced tom cruise because i'm used to older mission impossibles mm-hmm. and such like that so i was like i know obviously yeah you grow up yeah, yeah, but yeah. it just seemed really strange to see him that young mm-hmm. But to my score, at this moment in time, could go up, maybe. You really put this in suspense here. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I mean, if this was a, a a fighter pilot scene, everybody would be <laughs> would be shot by now. So okay. <laughs> I'm going with seven. Oh, okay, okay. I'm happy yep. about that. Is that, is that acceptable, Sharon? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, if dreams come true, Paul, for Halloween, we're all going to fight, you know, dress up as fighter pilots and get you the suit and everything. You're going to get in character. Yes. I think I think you could rock it. What do you think, Sophie? Would it be hot? Yeah, definitely. In a, in a, in a fighter, fighter pilot suit? 
we'll even have Maverick as a little name tag for you, Paul. By then, you'll love him so much as a character. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Thank you very much, Sharon, for joining us on this episode. It's been great to talk about this in a very critical way. So I hope you've had fun talking about it. I love you guys. Thank you. I had so much fun. I love it. It's very rare that I get to talk about Top Gun. Actually, not rare. Almost every day. So (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed you being on our podcast. I love the fact that Paul has such a wonderful company that he works for with Food Fight Studios that we've had, obviously, John on. We've had Sharon now. And there's just so many people that I get to meet now from your work, Mm -hmm. which is just wonderful. And if anyone doesn't know, do you want to give a bit of Food Fight Studio? I know we've done it on Oh, what did we watch with John now? That weird uh, Willow. Willow. <laughs> that <laughs> weird appreciate film. that Willow. The weird <laughs> film. <laughs> Do you want to plug Food Bite as well while we're here? We might as well. Uh, Sharon can. She's the 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 one who's who's more for that kind of promotion kind of side of things. I think. Sure. Food Fight Studios is an unconventional animation production company that's doing short form animation and beyond for digital entrepreneurs like SP film viewers and other podcasters call us <laughs> oh documentaries too we've won some awards for that so if you're a documentary director yeah speaking of SP film viewers um, new films that are coming out if you need some interstitial animations Paul will be your guy he's going to do the animations for you so mm-hmm. give us a call cool cool thank you for that Sharon and thank you once again for joining us all right Sharon, signing off. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And if you want to check out all our other episodes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Good Pods, Podchaser, and pretty much wherever else you might get your podcasts from. If you do want to have a look at any of the content or followers on Twitter or Instagram under the handle SP underscore film viewers, then definitely come on over there and either give us a like, share us around, give us a nice comment or any other films you want us to review, we can try and put those in the pipeline too. I think with that being said, we will speak to you next time. Speak to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.